0: Messianic Radio for a spiritually hungry world. Speak to the rock, get answers for your life. Find out what's missing in your Bible and why. Solace Radio, changing lives one heart at a time. Before we begin our Torah study this morning, would you pray with me? Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam, asher la'asok b'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe. Who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. And let's all say, Amen. It was said of the sons of Issachar that they understood the times and they knew what to do. It's good to understand the times. But to understand the times and not know what to do is only half of what's necessary. And then it's also only a half-baked thing in life if you are active in doing things, but you don't understand what you're doing and what should be done. And so the sons of Issachar stand out as an example for all of us because they both understood the times and they knew what to do. I think the same could also be said about Joseph. He understood the times he was in, and he knew what to do. I think the same could be said of the parents of Moses. They understood the times they were in, and they knew what to do. And I think it could be said of Moses himself. He understood the times, and he knew what to do. Each of their times... Each of their times and seasons were different, and the needs were quite different. Each generation was very, very different, but the tenacious faith and the moral courage of each of these who we've named enabled them to serve their generation in its time and according to its needs. So they each served in different ways, different and yet similar. Similar because they all demonstrated faith and moral courage. Those are two things that combine together and are powerful. Faith and moral courage. Now, our times and our needs are quite different from those of Joseph and Moses, but we can learn from them and we can also serve our generation in its times and according to its needs now sometimes we want to serve our generation not according to its times not according to its seasons not according to its needs but according to what we're familiar with so when i was at the rabbis conference the imcs rabbis conference i'll tell you a little bit more about that later but when I was there, I had an opportunity to share with the rabbis about some things that I, I believe are important for all of us in this time that we're facing, where we're rebuilding and refreshing and renewing and restoring, sort of the po- I don't know what to call it it's not well, we'll call it the, the post-pandemic period, but we know that there are still people. We named a few and prayed for several who are experiencing covid right now who are dear to us. So it's not like it's over, but the pandem- the lockdown, maybe you can say that the post lockdown and shutdown and all that, you might have a name for it. I was speaking to the rabbis about that. And I realized that many of us want to use skills that we that we attained years ago. And so I told them that I I wanted to talk to them about how to use the yellow pages. And they all started laughing. And you know why? Because they knew what the yellow pages were. And there were some people in the room who didn't know what yellow pages were. And not only that, they remember having to buy yellow page ads for their their business, for their congregation, and looking up the yellow pages. And there was like this moment of nostalgia
1: for everyone, or for many. I'll put it that
0: way. And then I shifted over and started talking about Instagram. Now, you might not know this, but depending on your age, Instagram is easy or it's hard. It's familiar or unfamiliar. You might not know this, but Facebook skews older. <laughs> If you are yearning for the days of the yellow pages and mail lists and newsletters and stuff like that to use the old skills that you have, um, it's understandable, but each of us has to pay attention to the times that we're actually in. Not what we want to be in, but what we're actually in. We have to understand our times. Joseph understood his times. He understood that there would be a time of plenty and then there would be a time of lack. And so he knew
1: what to do for both. Sometimes
0: we can actually learn by having a heart that wants to serve our generation in our time, in its times, and according to its needs. It will require that that we be flexible, won't it? It will require that we learn new things. It will require that we do new things as well.
1: Joseph served
0: his family. He served his family when they didn't want to be served. He served his family, and that was part of serving the generation. Sometimes we would like to be able to serve our families more, but we find that we've moved to a different place, and we're not physically present. We're in a new city or a new country, and we have to serve people who are strangers or people who are very different from us. Joseph did that too. Sometimes we serve people who are prisoners, and sometimes we serve people who are hungry, and sometimes we serve people who have lots of food. Sometimes we serve people who are poor. Sometimes we serve people who have plenty of money. Joseph did all that. At different times, Joseph served his generation in very different ways, according to very different needs, and we can learn something for ourselves. We learn to serve our generation in its times and according to its needs. So what do we need in order to be able to do that? I want to name a few things. We need heart. We have to have a heart for this. We need faith. We need to be faithful to God and to trust him. We need flexibility. We can't be rigid. We need knowledge, we need to know certain things, and we need understanding. We need knowledge and understanding. We need wisdom as well. And above all of this, what holds it all together and can make it all work is love. We need love. We need love for one another. We need to have love while we're serving, because without love, what we do is useless. It's not authentic. All these qualities can work together to serve our generation. Now, as we begin reading uh, the book of Exodus now, we're reading that Joseph's generation has died. And everyone from that generation was gone. Everyone from that time period, not just one age group, they're all gone. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 1, verses 6 through 14. I'll read to you, and I hope you follow along with me. Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation. But the sons of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly and multiplied and became exceedingly mighty so that the land was filled with them. Verse eight, now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, behold, the people of the sons of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal wisely with them or else they will multiply. And in the event of war, they will also join themselves to those who hate us and fight against us and depart from the land. So verse 11. "So they put slave masters or taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they built for Pharaoh the storage cities of Potom and Ramses. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the children of Israel multiplied and expanded until the Egyptians came to dread the people of Israel and work them relentlessly. Just a side note, in the Hebrew, the language of multiplication that's used here is the language often that describes how bugs and insects multiply. And it's intentional, it's conveying something this way. That the, the Egyptians looked at the children of Israel like they were pests.
1: Multiplied like cockroaches. Sort of like that.
0: They worked them relentlessly, making their lives bitter with hard labor, digging clay, making bricks, all kinds of field work. And in all this toil, they were shown no mercy. So take note of this. The Hebrews, the children of Israel, they were called both, still lived in Egypt. But Egypt changed. A new king arose over Egypt, probably from the Hyksos, and he did not know, Joseph, it's the end of an era. Israel is at a turning point. Say that phrase with me, turning point. It's a critical juncture. A new pharaoh, a new era. The Joseph era was over, and yet God was at work. Even when the times were changing, even when they became difficult, the children of Israel were now enslaved, their sons were targeted for death, and yet one couple decided to serve their generation in its times according to its needs. And remember the edict. The edict was that the midwives who attended to the Hebrew women giving birth were to take newborn baby boys, and throw them into the river, girls they could let live. So there was one couple that decided to serve their generation in its times according to its needs, and you know what that meant? They kept having children. Exodus 2 opens with this, a man from the family of Levi, or Levi, took a woman who descended from Levi as his wife, and later when she conceived and had a son, upon seeing what a fine child he was, she hid him for three months. She hid him for three months because they were protecting him during this time when newborn baby boys were targeted for death. Verse 3, when she could no longer hide him, she took a papyrus basket, coated it with clay and tar, put the child in it and placed it among the reeds on the riverbank. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. So they had a son. They hid him. They took care of him. They did their part. And even after these verses that I just read, there's more that's told to us. They ended up giving him up for adoption because the daughter of Pharaoh actually discovered him, rescued him, and later adopted him. And when they gave him up for adoption, they were trusting the Lord. And in fact, they were serving their generation. They may not have fully understood the implications, but they understood the times they were in, and they knew what to do. Sometimes just having a baby and giving him life is a radical act of service that can touch a generation. Sometimes having a baby and giving him up for adoption rather than letting him die is a radical act of service. That's how it was for this one couple. So when Pharaoh ordered midwives to throw newborn Hebrew boys into the river, this couple served their generation in its time by saving the life of their newborn son. They understood the times and they knew what to do. They showed great faith and moral courage and true love and their little boy lived. And he was rescued and we all know who he is. What's his name? Moses. Moses, his Hebrew name, Moshe. Taking care of one little boy was a radical act of service in a generation. That's what the times required. That was the need. Showing compassion and care and kindness can be a radical act of service that benefits an entire generation. And think about the unprecedented impact. We all know about Moses' impact. But the parents couldn't fully know. We know how things turned out. But they didn't in advance. But none of it would have been possible without the parents doing their part. They knew this boy was special. But let's be honest, doesn't every parent think that their children are special? Yeah. Moses turned out to be exceptional. Hebrews 11 verses 23 and 24 tells us something about this whole process. By faith... Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. This passage assumes you already know the story of Exodus and the story of Moses. But the way the sentence is structured, let's rearrange it slightly different. By faith, his parents hid him. By faith, they hid him. By by their trust in God, they took that action. Because of their faith, they were not afraid of the king's edict. They weren't afraid of the consequences. They knew that they needed to protect their newborn son no matter what. Verse 24, then later by faith, Moses himself, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose instead to remain connected with the people Israel. So think about that enslaved generation in Egypt. They cried out to God for deliverance. That generation needed a leader, and God heard their cry, and he brought an answer to them. And think about how it happened. It took a little boy, baby boy being born, but it took parents having this child In protecting him. God heard their cry and the answer required that one more baby boy had to be born and one more son had to be raised and one more child would need to be taught and educated. One more young person would need to be trained and only after all that could that generation have what it needs because what it needed was a who. It needed a person. Moses served his generation. It wasn't easy, and yet he served his generation in its times according to its needs. Think about the whole time that Moses was a shepherd in exile. He was serving his generation. When he married and had children, he was serving his generation. Because getting ready is part of serving. Doing your part along the way is part of serving. When Moses returned to Egypt, He was serving his generation in its time according to its needs. And think about the time frame. It took almost two generations, 80 years, for Moses to be ready to lead the children of Israel and for that generation to be ready to be led. You could say it another way. It took that long before the times were ready. The times and the seasons. It took that long to reach the critical juncture for what would be the turning point. And then it was time. And then the Lord said to Moses, it's time to go back to Egypt. Going back to Egypt was required for Moses to serve his generation in its time according to its needs. And if you're familiar with the story of Moses and his first response, it was reluctance and reticence, was it not?
1: The Lord says, hey, it's time. And Moses was thinking, I don't think so. And the Lord says, it's time, you're ready. And Moses is
0: thinking, I think it's time for someone else to be ready. But Moses surrendered to God and not to his own personality. He surrendered to God and not to his circumstances. He surrendered to God and not to his own druthers. Do you know what I mean by druthers? How many people under druthers? I'd I'd rather do this. In the South, you could say a druther. Moses gave the purposes and the promises of God, the highest place in his heart and mind. And then Moses went back to Egypt and he served that generation in Egypt and the new generation as well that was born on the journey to the promised land. He knew this was the time. He understood the times. He knew what to do. He served this generation in its times according to its needs. Now, you and I are not Joseph, we are not Moses, we aren't even Moses' parents. But I want to tell you something, each of us can serve our generation. We can serve during these times and seasons. So young people, you can serve your generation. Grandparents, you can serve your generation. High schoolers, college students, young adults, new families, old families, married, unmarried, each of us can serve this generation. And here's something important. Your generation means more than the people who are your same age. That's not how the Bible uses generation. That's not how scriptures refer to generations. A generation includes all those who are alive at the same time. So look around. There are some alive people here who are young and some alive people who are old. I'm glad I'm on the first part of that group, I'm one of the youngsters
1: here, compared to Moses, (laughs) compared to Methuselah. I'm a youngster.
0: Baby boomers, let's tell the truth, and I am a baby boomer. We have to interact with all sorts of age groups, not just people our same age. Isn't that true? And high school students and young people, you can also tell the truth. You have to interact with all sorts of age groups too, don't you? I think life is more beautiful when different age groups enjoy being together. I love to see our young people. I love to see our young people serving and ministering. Weren't you rejoicing today, seeing the young people read from the Torah, Haftorah, Brit Chadasha, the young people on the worship team, the young people who serve in so many ways in this congregation? And they're not just serving young people, they're serving everyone.
1: It's beautiful. I love it when young people are
0: serving older people, and I love to see older people serving younger people. It's a beautiful thing to see the generations serving together and connecting. Now, we were at the IMCS Rabbi's Conference in Orlando this past week. It was a really encouraging time. And I want to bring you greetings from uh, the IMCS Executive Steering Committee members. We spent special time with Rabbi Charlie and Raquel Kluge. Rabbi Charlie is on our... Congregational board. We had a time with Rabbi Jeff Foreman, who many of you remember from his visit in fall here. And we spent time with David and Leslie Schneier as well. We've been friends with them and working with them in Ukraine, Hungary, Russia, Moldova, all over the former Soviet Union, starting in 1994. In fact, Beth Israel has a long history with the IAMCS, the International Alliance of Messianic Congregations and Synagogues there have been 39 rabbi conferences, annual conferences, and Sandy and I have been a part of that since 1991. So we've actually attended, I think, 30 rabbi conferences. Last year was the first one we missed. I was recovering still from open heart surgery. But it was really a joy for us to reconnect with lifelong friends and colleagues and we're thankful for Rabbi David Chernoff, chairman of the IMCS steering committee, Rabbi Joel Lieberman, and all the others who participate in the leadership of the IMCS and the MJA, and who helped make this rabbi's conference one of the best ever. And at the conference, I had the opportunity to speak about onegs and hospitality ministry in our Shalom Center. And you know what I found? rabbis and other leaders who were there came up to me throughout the conference, and they thanked me because I was speaking about the importance of Onegs and hospitality ministry in a Messianic congregation. And I said, hospitality is a foundational ministry in a congregation. A few rabbis came to me who actually need help. One lost their Oneg ministry leader. He died during the, the covid pandemic. Others lost their teams during the times of lockdown and, or shutdown or whatever you call it. And those congregations need to start up again. Their hospitality ministries, their own eggs, so we can pray for them. We can serve them by praying for them. And these, these are the times that we're in and needs that we have. Some of the folks came to me and said, we need we need a whole new team for our own eggs. We used to have a great team, but the leader died.
1: And the team scattered. And it's a time of rebuilding. And so you know what we do? It's so. Sim- There's one part that's simple: You ask for what you don't have that you need. So we started asking
0: for hospitality-gifted people for these other congregations. It's a simple thing to do. Let's pray for them. Let's be bold. Let's pray for people with the gift of hospitality who learn to serve in that way, who love to serve that way. I talked to one guy who was there to serve us, and he's a leader of the hospitality ministry in the California congregation, He's from the Chaldees, you know, Ur of the Chaldees. His uh, parents, grandparents all spoke Aramaic. And he started learning to do hospitality when he was four years old. And I asked him something about it, and he said, I love it. I love it. You know, you want people who love hospitality to serve in the hospitality ministry, right? You want people who love what they're doing. So let's pray for all the congregations of the IMCS. Let's pray right now. Lord, we pray for these congregations that, that are trying to build and rebuild and refresh and restore, and we pray that... You would bring together people with the gift of hospitality to renew and restore their hospitality ministries and their own egg ministries. Bring them increase and multiplication and let them serve you in these times according to its needs. In Yeshua's name, amen. Let's recognize the times that we're in and the needs we have and pray for the fulfillment of every need. People need healing. People need hope. People need help. Everybody's in a process of rebuilding and restoring and renewing. The times they are a-changing, remember that. But prayer is still prayer. Ask for what you don't have
1: because you don't need to hope
0: for what you already have. No one hopes for what they already have. You hope for what you don't have. So you combine your hope with your faith and you pray to God, please bring us what we lack. So I'm going to give some examples and let's just pray. This is how we'll close. Let's pray for our Shabbat school. Let's ask for our teachers, for our youth groups and leaders, for our Torah service ministries, for our technical services for our own eggs, for our fellowship ministries, for our teaching ministries, our prayer groups, for our worship ministries, our greeters ministries, our usher ministries, our outreaches and our family ministries. It's a good time to be praying for each of these ministries because they are important to meet the needs during this time. So join me. Lord, we pray for all of these ministries to be refreshed and renewed. As we move forward in this new year in our congregation and throughout the IMCS, we ask not only for ourselves, but for those who we labor with all over the country and the world. We ask for Messianic congregations to be renewed in faith, renewed in prayer, to ask, to believe, to be restored, to receive that which is missing, to be built up yet again. Renew us, God, as in days of old and even better. We ask in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Well, in a moment, we're going to close with Aaron's blessing. Uh, But first, for those of you who are joining us by live stream or podcast, would you consider standing with us with a generous contribution. You can get all the information on our webpage, bethisraelnow.com, slash giving. Would you please rise, everyone, for Aaron's blessing? Ye adonai adonai panavelecha adonai panavelecha shalom. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep watch over you, guard you, and protect you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, our Redeemer, our Savior, our Lord. Amen. It's a bad world out there,
1: so take solace in the word on Solace Radio.